our series in uh, Ephesians, and we're, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, um, uh, and we're going to read that in a moment. I have left my Bible upstairs, which is a very great idea, so I can't exactly read it at the moment. Um, but before I start, I just want you to know, uh, just to ask you a question. Do you know that as part of this church, you're on a journey? Do you know that actually God has called us as a church to do things for him, to be on a journey with him, to grow in maturity and to affect this community? Are you aware that by being here, you're part of that? I hope you are. Maybe you don't feel part of it. And today I want to talk about you being part of that. And I'm going to use two illustrations uh, from our family life of car journeys. Um... Uh, one, one you may be familiar with and one probably not. But um, things that have happened to us uh, on car journeys that have relevance to what I want to say today. Okay, so... Um, oh, thank you. I've moved it at the back. So, uh, but I'm going to... First of all, I'm going to tackle this passage in two halves. Um, we are running a bit late, so I'm going to be as quick as I can. Uh, but if we start with Ephesians chapter 1... <coughs> Uh, no, excuse me, excuse me, chapter 4, I beg your pardon. Get myself together in a moment. Jesus chapter 4, and we're going to start with uh, verses 1 to 6. So it says there, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, um, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul has been saying in the first bits of, the, of, of this passage that we have uh, been brought together, we've been saved, uh, we've been uh, forgiven, we've been uh, brought close to God, and, uh, and now also the Jews and the Gentiles, those that were separated, those that were different, were brought together under one head, which is Jesus Christ. And he's going on to say in the next few verses and the verses following that we have a great purpose on this earth. But before he says that, he starts talking about unity and how important it is to maintain unity. And uh, it's no, he goes on, he's going to talk about gifting. He's going to talk about different gifting. But before he does that, he wants to just emphasise how important it is that we are united on this journey. Now, uh, the first illustration is from our, one of our holidays. Um, and I think I might have shared this before, but uh, we, were going, uh, in, we were driving in France. Um, our children were quite young. Uh, we were venturing into a further distance in France than we'd been before. And uh, we, uh, I, I um, don't like stopping. Uh, I like to get to where I'm going. And uh, I was, uh, we were doing this and we were driving it and the petrol was running lower. And we were passing these petrol stations and my wife was saying, oh, I think I probably ought to stop here. And I thought, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. It's getting late, but it's okay. When we get to this city... Uh, we'll just get petrol there. Unbeknown to me uh, at this time, because we were fairly new to France at this stage, 
the French have a wonderful way of living their life in that they shut at an early, early stage and enjoy the evening. If you come to a big city like London or Birmingham or whatever, everything stays open, petrol stations are locked. In France they don't do that, so by about 7 o'clock all the petrol stations are shut. I didn't know that at the time, so when we got there we virtually no petrol left. And we weren't where we wanted to get to, but we were in this big city with no petrol. And uh, at that point, uh, we weren't quite sure what to do. We found a hotel, we went in there and said, look, look, we didn't have much money at the time, so we thought we were going to have to sleep somewhere. But they were full. We asked where the nearest petrol station was. It was about 30 miles away. We couldn't get there. And it was... um, a situation which wasn't that good. I was talking to Tom and, and uh, Katrina about it yesterday, about how they felt. And uh, Katrina was worried. I shouldn't express this at the time. She was worried about having to sleep overnight in a car in an unknown city. Um, and, uh, and so we, were, we just didn't know quite what to do. Now, what Katrina could have done then is to say to me, why didn't you stop when I said? And she quite rightly could have had a go at me for not listening to what she was saying. She has a uh, more intuitive than me. She, she can see things a bit clearer sometimes, or quite often. And uh, she saw these petrol stations going past one by one. And, uh, and I ignored her gift. Okay? I ignored her gift. Um, my gift is to keep going regardless, which has some good things at times. And uh, it's not always the right thing to do. Anyway, what we needed at that point wasn't disunity. She had every right to have a go at me. And every right to, to say, look, what, 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 have you, what have you done? But actually she didn't. And together we worked out how to tackle this. And in the end we said, well, the obvious thing to do is phone the breakdown people. Uh, uh, and, uh, and we did that. We actually had to phone the UK they contacted someone in France and they got someone out to us. They took us to a petrol station uh, that only took a particular type of car which we didn't have uh, and they bought the petrol and, and we were fine. And in the end, it became quite an exciting journey because the car was put on the back of this lorry uh, with all the kids in it and Katrina in it and I was sat in the front with the, with the guy and, um, and they, the kids loved it. It was, it was an emotion. And I looked at this thing, it was tipping off the back of this lorry, and it was held on by one little strap. And, and I, I sort of kept looking around thinking, I hope that doesn't fall off. And, but the, and Katrina was sitting there going, oh, this is really. The kids were loving it. It was just an, an adventure. They were going, oh, you know, they should have got, been in bed ages ago, but they were, they were on this wonderful adventure. Uh, on the back of this lorry in France. <laughs> now, the point of that is, is this. We, can, we on this journey together, uh, and Paul's pointing this out, is that we can get to places and do things which don't quite meet our expectation. We can do things, we can make mistakes, or we can go down a path that we don't feel particularly comfortable with. And at that point... You can turn, or we can. You can. You can maybe. You can have a gift that is being ignored or overlooked or not used as much as you would like. And at that point, you can think this isn't very good. I'm going to start complaining. I'm going to start getting annoyed. I'm going to start making my my voice heard and saying this isn't good enough. 
And Paul is aware that this can happen in the church. It could have happened on that journey, it can happen in, in a church. And so Paul says, don't do that. And in verse uh, 2 he says, uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So at the start of this journey that they're on, and in looking into the gifting that's going to come and the gifting that's in part, he said, before you worry about all this, make sure that the most important priority is to maintain unity. Because we're on a journey together. And this journey will have some bumps in it. And it won't be perfect. And it will get a little bit difficult at times. And things won't always go exactly as you, you want them to. But don't let that come in and bring disunity. Bear with each other. There's no harm in coming and talking and saying, actually, and that's what Katrina did, actually, we should have stopped there, shouldn't we? Yes, you're right, we should have done. I won't let that happen again. And I haven't. I don't think, anyway. Um, so there's no harm in saying, actually, I think this probably would have been a better way of doing this. Perhaps we could have done this a bit better. Um, and that's absolutely fine, coming and talking and, 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 uh, and going through stuff. But, but becoming disunited and having a go is not, a pl- is not really the place... Well, it mustn't happen in the church. And Paul would say, we need to be bearing with one another. We need to... Because uh, we're on a journey together. We're going somewhere. And the basis of what Paul says is, is uh, in verse 1, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And Paul is appealing here to who we are. Paul is saying, look, you are children of God. You were... You, look... All the stuff I've said before, the fact that we were dead, the fact that we were lost, we're all here by the grace and the goodness of God. None of us have earned it. None of us are better than anybody else. None of us are worse than anybody else. We're all equal. Based on the calling that you had, based on who you are, let's bear with each other. We're we're all the same. We're all experiencing the grace of God. We're all sons and daughters of God. We all came from being completely lost and dead. There's nobody better than anybody else. We're all capable of doing great things. We're all capable of getting it wrong. Just bear with each other. Bear with each other. And he goes on to say, look, what unites us is far more than what divides us. And so in verses uh, 4 and 5, he says, um, uh, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in all. Actually, what is really important is this. We belong to the Father. We have the same Lord Jesus who saved us. We believe the same truth. We stand together, uh, battling for the faith, hand in hand, arm in arm. We are one. Let's remember that before we start bringing our own... Uh, individual concerns and uh, dissatisfaction into this car journey, into this journey we're on. Because disunity just disrupts churches. And so Paul's appeal, before he goes on to look at different gifting, is to say, firstly and foremostly, remember that we are united and to keep that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And don't just let petty, uh, your own petty thoughts and your own ideas come in and disrupt what he's doing. doesn't mean we can't talk, doesn't mean we can't express 
uh, our own ideas and what we believe God has said that's absolutely right and good and uh, it's bringing stuff that will bring disunity. And so that's, that's really where I wanted to start. But then to go on to look at what Paul then says in the, the following verses. So in verse 7 he says, But to each one the grace has been given as Christ apportioned him. That is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. We jump down to verse 11. It says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then will we no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the wave by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheme. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now Paul here is going on to talk about the gifting in the church and how through the gifting uh, and through the work that is done we come to maturity. We progress on that journey that God has got for us. And I want to bring, there's a lot in this, I just want to focus on two particular aspects of what Paul is saying here. Now we've already talked about the importance of recognising that each uh, there's different giftings in the church. There's the apostolic gifting that lays a, a foundation. There's the pro- prophetic, which brings uh, uh, the, the now word of God to encourage and sustain us. There is the evangelist who, who helps us uh, reach out to those outside of Christ and bring them in. Uh, and there is the pastor and teacher who shepherds the people and teaches them from the word of God and encourages them and, uh, and strengthens them in the word of God and in, in the way they uh, cared for. And so these are the giftings that are given as well as as others. And Paul is saying these things are given to the church for its strengthening and building up, to lay a foundation for good things to grow. And this is what, uh, obviously, uh, Jamie and myself and others in the church are are here to do, is to lay a foundation so that each of us can grow into the calling that God has for us. And, um, uh, And the aim of this is to bring maturity to come to maturity in understanding Christ, uh, to being strong. Uh, and of course, when we, when we have children, what we want to see in them is for them to grow up and to mature. And that's what God's plan is for us. That when we come to Christ, we come as babies, and then uh, to, uh, God, uh, through these gifting and through all the things that are going on, brings us to maturity. And that's the aim for everyone, to come to maturity and as a church, to become mature and to do what God has called us to do. A baby is limited in what it could do. An adult, a strong adult, is able to do far more and is able to be far more effective. That's not to despise babies, but that's just the process of life. And that's the process that God has brought us all into, that we start the journey as babies and God wants to bring us to a place of maturity. God gives gifts to do that. But what I want to say, and, and this is really important, is that the gift themselves doesn't bring us to maturity. You can go to a church with all those gifts displayed that isn't mature. That's possible. Because it's not the gift that is maturity, 
It is what is done with that gift. And if we look at verse 11, excellent, good, good, good point um, uh, it, says, it says it was him to, uh, verse 12, it says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The building up of the body happens through the works of service that are done. Okay, Can you, do you get that? So we come to maturity not simply by being in a church where these gifts exist, but we come to maturity by responding to those gifts and getting involved in works of service. It's the works of service that bring the body to maturity. And that is really important. And it's very simple that if you have a baby and you feed the baby, but it never exercises, it never does anything, that baby will just get fat. Um, It won't mature, it won't get strong muscles. If you just leave it there and don't encourage it to walk or to crawl or whatever, it 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 won't get mature, it won't get strong, it will just get fat. It's true for all of us, to be honest. If we just sit down and eat. And so... Uh, we, we, just, we just get that. So if you want to get strong, if you want to develop muscles, you have to exercise them. I'm sure those that go to the gym would understand that. I, I tend not to go to the gym. Um, you wouldn't tell, obviously. But, um, and so when you come to the, these gifts, if you like, the gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, this is food. This is food that's thrown out. If you just eat that food and don't do anything, you won't get to maturity. The point is, is that actually once we hear this food, once this food comes to us, we have to start exercising our muscles. And then that food turns into muscle, it turns into strength, it builds us up, and we become mature. And so if we simply come on a Sunday morning, sit, listen to preaching, and then go home, and just carry on with our lives, and we don't get involved in works and service, you will never become mature. And the church won't reach maturity because the church, this passage is not written to individual Christians, it's written to the church. And so a mature church, one that is strong, one that is really going on the journey with God, is one where each person puts into practice the the God-given call on their life. That actually they they say, I'm going to get involved here. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to exercise the gift I've got. I'm I'm going to do the works of service that God's called me to. When the church starts doing that, when all the people in the church start doing it, then we come to maturity. Then we start becoming all that God intends us to be. And so it's a call, really, to say, don't just sit there enjoying great preaching. Or don't just come here and enjoy the gifts that are displayed in the worship time. Hi guys. Get involved, get stuck in. That is where maturity comes from. Now I have another example of this in our car journey story. This is a different illustration. We had... uh, I wasn't in the car this time, Katrina was driving... She had gone to visit some friends over in Watford. And on the way back, she, she got lost. She phoned me. It was quite late. I became quite worried, but I could do nothing because I was miles away. 
Um, and so she did what I wouldn't do, because she's a bit more sensible. She stopped and asked for directions. It's not something that men do very often. We instinctively know wherever we are, where we're going. <laughs> and even if we go a long way out of way, it was always intended to go that way before we came back. No. Um, so Katrina used the gifts that she had, thinking, actually, I need to ask someone here. Now, while this was going on, we, uh, the children were very young at this time, and Rebecca, uh, who was, uh, I think, one or two, got quite upset. She wanted to get home, she wasn't running the car. And she, was, she started crying. Now, all the kids at the time, Tom and, and Esther, could have just joined in and said, this is, we're not happy about this, we're driving around for ages, I want to get home, uh, and we could start moaning and start complaining. But no, what they did is they started to use the gifts that they had which at that time was very little. But one of them stroked Rebecca's hand and the other one sang to her. Now, it did the trick. Um, Because all they were doing was doing what they could do at the time. They took responsibility for the situation that they could do. They did something about it. They couldn't do much because they were kids. But they did what they could do. And suddenly the journey, instead of being a complete disaster, turned into something that was very uh, memorable, a bit long, but also something that actually taught a lesson. Actually, even young kids can be taught some sense of responsibility and can step up to doing stuff that actually adds and helps the journey. And so nobody is excluded from being involved in doing something on this journey. However young a Christian you are, however young you are as a person, however uh, experienced or unexperienced you are, when you're on the journey, there's something for you to do. There's something for you to get involved with. There's something for you to to give yourself to that will help the whole of the process, that will help us become mature. Through doing that, I'm sure our children just matured a bit as they did that. They took responsibility, and they matured. They, they did something that helped. And so, God is calling us, whatever age, to be involved in this journey of bringing us to maturity. And I want to, to and I felt really felt stirred during the worship um, about walls coming down. And I think sometimes we look at ourselves, and the song we sang, and I know Rochelle just repeated it a number of times really helpfully, to say, actually, we can, we can think, I've got nothing to add here. I know what I'm like. I know my limitations. I'm so aware of them. I'm not educated. I'm young. I'm, I, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, I, I can't speak the language very well. I've got all these limitations. What possibly could I add to this church? What possibly could I do? And God, I think, I believe, really wants to say, actually, you need to stop looking at your own limitations because we're all in the same boat. We've only got what God gives us. And actually, you're able and have as much of God as anybody else has. And you have as much gifting and as much to offer as anybody else has. And your maturity and the church's maturity will depend on you stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm going to start doing this. Because if you sit back and do nothing and just listen and say, well, it's not for me, you won't reach maturity, but also the church won't reach maturity. Because that's how God has planned it. That he together 
with the rest of us will bring the church to maturity. And we have much to do here. We have a, a, a whole uh, thing of seeing miracles and, and uh, God released amongst us and in the community. I mean, that's a huge thing. We want to change this society. I, I can't do that on my own. Jamie can't do that. A church united on a journey can. Can, it can. It really can change a, a, a society, a community. But it needs everyone to say, actually, I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to, I'm going to receive the ministry of the gifting of the apostles, prophet, pastors, teachers. And I'm going to act on that. I'm going to take this food in. I'm going to exercise my muscles. And I'm going to do what I can do. And it might be very, very little. It might be stroking a hand. It might be singing a song. But in the end, that helped. That changed the situation. It helped the journey. And then from that, well, once you know you can do something, it's a little seed that you plant. God says, actually, see what you, see what you did there? Now, I've got a little bit more for you to do. I've got a little bit more and a little bit more. And suddenly, everything's possible. We get rid of our own limitations. And I believe God is calling us to be much more of a church together involved in seeing his purposes come. And to realise that it's not down to a few holy people, however you want to put it. Because uh, they don't exist, by the way. A few holy people in this church. We're either all holy or none of us are. Okay, And we're all holy. And we're all called. So I just want to read out before I just finish, just that the, uh, as I've sort of skipped a few things. In verse 15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. So I want to encourage you just as I close here, to see where is my part here? How am I going to, first of all, mature? Because actually, doing the works of God is how we come to maturity. And secondly, how am I going to see this church mature and come into everything God has for it? And I just want to read out a few things that you might consider doing. So, I've got a list here. Very simply, we can encourage one another. That's a good word. Anybody can do that. If you see something good, encourage someone. Go up to them. Say, oh, it's really lovely to see you here. I, I, I'm really blessed when you come. Very simple. That's starting to exercise the muscle. If that's all you've ever done, that's a good start. Spend time with people. Invite them around to your house for a coffee. That's so valuable, so important. Most people can do that, or, or go for a coffee shop, or, or go for a walk, or whatever it might be. Spend time with each other. Come to pray in the morning. Get involved in a small group. We, our small groups have started. Well, how, does that, how does that help the church? I tell you, once you're there, you might be able to pray for someone. You might be able to encourage them. You might be able to give a, a word from God for them. Uh, just being there will encourage the leaders. Get involved. And there's other stuff in the work, like in the church, like creche work and children's work, treasure hunting on a, a Saturday, call kids on a Friday, um, being involved in the young people, doing teas and coffees, praying for people after the service or at any time. 
bringing words of encouragement, we've talked about that, worship, serving at the desk at the back, helping with do the lunches, and loads of other stuff we've not yet thought of. There is something for everybody to start exercising their muscles with, to start receiving the food they've received, to start getting some backbone and some maturity and some strength. And that's really where the church needs to go. We need, as a church, to go into everything God's got for us. As we take hold of what God's got, as we get rid of our own limitations, as we see ourselves not as, not as hopeless, useless people that can't do anything, but as who we really are, children of God, hugely equipped, hugely blessed, hugely gifted, then as we start, just small things, God will use us more and more. And we will come mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, which is an amazing thing. That's what God has for us. God has put us on this journey to be united and to, to work together to see an amazing thing happen in our community. And as we do it, as we get hold of that, as we together get hold of it, we will see amazing things happen. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for what you've called us to. I thank you for the gifting you've given us. But Lord, I want to just... Father, pray for us as a people that, Lord, we would not see ourselves as limited. We would not see ourselves as having nothing to offer. But, God, we would see that we have a place in this church that as we exercise the gift that you've given us, as we do the good works, we will come together to maturity. And individually, we will come mature. And, Lord, we will come to everything. We will come to the full measure of what you've got for us. Father, if we've seen wonderful things to date, but Lord, what will it be like if we come to the full measure of the goodness of God and of Christ? Lord, that's what we want. That's what we desire. Lord, a church that, that experiences the full measure of Christ, what a place that will be. But Lord, you call us to that as we exercise the, 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 the gifts and the good works that you've called us to do. Lord, I pray, help us, Lord. Help us to move on to maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to finish there. Um, it's a bit later than normal, so apologies for that. Uh, tea and coffee will be served from the hatch. If there's anybody that um, uh, wants prayer for anything, can I, just one thing that I want to share. Uh, I had a dream. I don't normally have dreams, um, but it was uh, a, I was praying for someone who had um, some, uh, some sort of skin irritations or rashes on their arms. Uh, this may be nothing, it may be cheese, but actually if that's you, if you know you've got some, some, some uh, skin complaint, I believe God wants to heal you. So please come forward. It was a, it was a woman in my dream, but if, if, if you're a man and got that, fine, we'll pray for you as well. So. Anything else, uh, please come forward. Okay. Tea and coffee served from the hatch.